0: Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And welcome to this episode of Manufacturing (laughs) Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady, and I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss. And Lou, we're going to be talking with Andre Chris, today, how are you doing?
1: And, uh, Andre, welcome to the show. So Thank I you. Have ask, uh, I, have, I have to ask you, it's now 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. What time is it where you are now in Germany? It's
2: now 5.30, and I'm based out of Bonn in Germany, so in the western parts the former capital of the country
1: got it got it okay so uh, you're coming near the end of the day so it's a good thing that you're talking to us to get the message out about uh, your software um, uh, programs and uh, what you do and can do to help manufacturing not only in the United States but uh, all over the world
0: Let me introduce Andre to our listeners. Andre Christ is co-founder and CEO of LeanIX. And they are involved in enterprise architecture, which, Andre, I find fascinating. I know it's a software as a service, but enterprise architecture and application portfolio management is a bigger picture of software. So I wonder if you could explain to our listeners what enterprise architecture is and does. Sure.
2: Yeah. First of all, thanks for um, inviting me to the show and allowing me to explain it in deeper. You could probably compare it to something like Google Maps for the IT in a company. That's what we sometimes say. Essentially, enterprise architecture helps business and IT leaders in in a company understand what the IT systems in the organization are doing, how they are connected to each other, and especially on what technology is it running. So we're giving them an abstraction of the entire software and service landscape they have in their business, just as Google Maps would give an overview of the landscape in an abstracted way. Based on our visibility and transparency we're providing leaders in technology and business can then take action on how they will change the existing IT landscape so they are for example looking to understand where are technology risks today for example because software is getting out of the life cycle it's just not no longer supported by the vendor as one example Another example is that they plan forward the migration of specific applications into the cloud in order to increase scalability or reduce cost over time. So whenever it's all around technology change and progressing an IT landscape, LeanIX is especially helpful because it gives an accurate overview of the current state of the landscape. And it helps you to understand where the roadmap is going and how the future
1: architecture is going to look like. Uh, Andre, that was quite an explanation of the industry. Um, Is this, I I sense that this is uh, uh, more of it for major OEMs. Fortune 500s, and uh, so on. I, it sounds, as a, as a simple person from the manufacturing side, as myself, um, sounds complex. Is it complex? Is it hard to make the conversions from what companies are structured today and then to make a uh, enterprise uh, architecture change?
2: Well, I would agree with you that we are helping companies who have a certain complexity um, in their IT. Um, so usually we help with our solution uh, with uh, with businesses who have hundreds of different software systems in use. Um, that can be as early as um, a company with a couple of hundreds of employees uh, or a fast-growing company. Um, as to give you an example, um, there's a manufacturing company from Holland um, in, uh, in Michigan, which is a customer of ours. Um, they are a customer since multiple years. The company is called Hayworth. Um, they're manufacturing uh, furniture, and um, they had the desire to get a bit of grip around their IT landscape. It's a company with roughly $2, two billion of revenue. Um, and yes, um, I, it's definitely a solution helping those, those companies um, navigate the complexity in IT. However, our main objective at linax X is make that management of the IT landscape as simple as possible. It was a practice for specialists in the past. So you had to get a trained architect, a trained IT experts to use an enterprise architecture tool with lean we've made it so much simpler to get a quick overview about all the software you're using and the main reasons why you're using those software systems um, so um, yes it is perceived as a complex topic in the past but we're making that much more simple today.
1: Oh, well, to, to your point um, and let me just get get this right so that our listeners have a better understanding as well as myself. You mentioned about a company that may have 100 different programs that are operating within their organization, whether it's production, accounting, sales and marketing, customer relationship management. Does your program combine all these, uh, let's say, 100 programs that they're all interacting and talking to one another? Our solution is giving
2: an overview of what solutions and software systems you have in place and especially mapping it to the functionality. What you just said is a very important capability of our solution. It's providing a visual map of all the software systems in the different areas of the business. Like you said, what systems do you have in marketing? What systems do you have in sales? What in logistics and so on? And then it's especially helpful to understand what data those systems are exchanging and what data that systems are holding. If you think about compliance and data privacy use cases where a company is required to have a very robust understanding where you're holding sensitive data, like customer data, employee data, you need to understand which systems you have in place and where you're storing that data and if you have in place measures to protect the data. And our customers get that visibility from our solution. What we're not doing is... Combining all those solutions and functionality into one software we're much more like you could say a phone book of all the software systems with all their connections to each other and 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 not replacing or um, changing the access to
1: those systems so what what I think you're saying, and I want to clarify it is that uh, Um, you're not dealing any longer necessarily with 100 different programs but you are dealing with a program that manages those hundred programs is that an efficient way of looking at it
2: yeah yeah I mean what what we see let's imagine a company doesn't have our solution today that company would keep a manual list for example in Excel or they would list it in powerpoint and would keep track of all their software systems if you think about that it usually is three to five percent of the cost of of the total cost of a company you can easily see that a company who does a billion in revenue or 500 million in revenue we're talking about a substantial part of cost which is managed and if you think about that, that part of the cost is actually managed using Excel spreadsheets. That's what you wouldn't do in, as you professionalize your business. So instead of keeping track of all your, your important systems in, in, in spreadsheets and sending them around via email, what we do with LinaX, we give you a central point where you can log in using your Internet browser and you can find that overview of all the software systems you have,
1: and this
2: way it makes it much easier to manage all the
1: software you have in your company well i i think thats i think that's really neat because i know i don't have a hundred systems i ha- I have i don 't know maybe twenty different systems, and it's really a chore trying to uh, Uh, remember where to go, what to see, what to look like, how to analyze it, and so on. It sounds like yours has come to a very, uh, um, almost almost like mind mapping, where you have everything come to one point, and it would be really hard to miss the reports and so on that you would need, if I'm reading this correctly. Yeah, you're right.
2: I mean, looking at the current situation we have, because of the pandemic, we had a customer scenario where everyone had to move into a remote work situation, and it was difficult to understand which software systems were operational still in a remote setup. So which of your software could you still access from at home, or which of your software had enough bandwidth so that the people could access them via the internet? Our solution has helped them to identify the most business-critical software systems, and given them a dashboard that every employee could understand which systems are available and healthy. So they literally got a green light that those systems are healthy to be used in a remote scenario. And then they highlighted those systems which were under trouble because they didn't have the network bandwidth or they were not prepared for a remote scenario. And looking at that, that, that example, I must say that the criticality of having such a system like X in place means even in those situations, it's very critical to keep your business running in, in, in this whole shift uh, to, to a remote company.
1: Um, It's interesting that you say this um, several years ago, and it's a quick story, several years ago we had a um, a crisis situation at our uh, plant. We had uh, the river flooded and uh, the National Guard came, wouldn't let us to come into the building, so we were effectively shut down for five days. Uh, After that, and this goes back about eight years ago, I think, And uh, we put into place a business continuity plan, which in effect created what you're talking about um, in a very rudimentary way, not as probably uh, detailed and structured as yours is. But we did something similar where everybody, when we had the hurricane uh, two weeks ago, which is really the first time we had to pull the plug and implement our business continuity plan. And uh, by God, it's it's working so that I think the landlord of this property and buildings uh, should be concerned that when COVID is, uh, if it didn't do all of us in, it'll do in the real estate business because there's people gonna be working from home especially with programs such as the one you're talking about.
0: Is, is Andrea, that, uh, just a, a quick question for you. Does the application portfolio management software that you have in enterprise architecture tell me as the CIO of a corporation what systems, are talking to each other, what's integrated, what's an island of information, any of that?
2: Yes, exactly. It's it's one of the big use cases we're having
0: to improve
2: the data flows between the systems to ensure that you have easier capability or better capabilities of integrating those systems with each other. One of the applications or one of the reports we're providing in LinaX is a data flow diagram so you can imagine that the different systems are connected using their interfaces and what you can then do with LinaX is you can highlight what data types are exchanged over the interfaces and then you can also see what's the life cycle of the applications involved so you can literally switch on a, an Uh, a traffic light showing in red there's an application we have planned to sunset in green it's an application we continue to invest into and in yellow it's an application we are not yet sure if it will survive because of technical or functional reasons if you if you think about it from a data flow perspective um, this means you need to think about how in future your data is floating so where your customer data came from or where your logistics data came from, the financing data. This allows our architects to better plan for, um, for the future, because as soon as you change your landscape, you need to also consider the data flows, uh, which, which are changing too.
0: Yes, clearly it's very challenging for companies of the size that you deal with to keep track of, all of the IT under their corporate umbrella, and then they get aggressive and go, ooh, let's acquire that company over there and that company over there, and now they've got a real mess on their hands. if they didn't have LeanIX to take a look at all of the systems and say, okay, now what's going to work with what and what isn't? Is that one of the things that LeanIX helps with? Yeah, the the use case of
2: companies merging or even companies splitting, carving out is a is an important use case for us. Um, I personally come from the background of a logistics company. I worked for DHL over here in Germany for a longer time before I founded X. DHL had acquired a number of businesses over time, and they had the challenge to bring together all the landscapes of the different companies they've bought. So over time you need to take decisions, which applications you're going to merge or which others you rationalize because you have the application now after you've acquired another business. And that is a specific use case where LeanIX gives the overview and helps you to take decisions on how this comes together i just went off the phone with a cio of a company who is in the middle of preparing a big um, acquisition and he actually told me it's not only the cost we're trying to create synergies of it's also making sure that once we've combined the two companies we need to make sure that we make the most out of the data in the future so now that you bring together two businesses you want to take technology to increase your go-to-market to improve the revenue side of two companies merging together and um, I found that fascinating that it's not only about like, reducing costs but also thinking ahead how can I accelerate the technology being adopted after a merger of a company but yes clearly um, it's it's a big use case for using an application portfolio management solution like LenaX. Um,
1: the type of companies uh, I think you gave me a couple of names that who you are doing business with that uh, we all know the names. Uh, do you care to share that with our uh, listeners as to who, who you're dealing with, the types of companies? Sure. Yes, so first
2: of all, um, LENA-X is used all across different industries, so it's uh, it's fairly agnostic. However, we have seen a higher traction within manufacturing companies, finance and insurance, and retail companies in the last couple of years. Um, the type of companies we work with, especially in that area, are uh, automotive suppliers like Bosch, um, who uh, supply car manufacturers. Uh, It can be manufacturers, furniture manufacturers like Hayworth, uh, or it can be manufacturers like Otis who create those elevators. Um, Every one of us has probably been in one. Um, So just to name a few, and then there are companies like Adidas, um, like retail brands, or big banks like Santander. Typically, companies who have more than 500 million in revenue, and then all the web, all the way up to big corporations uh, use our services today. Um, so it can be um, all all those industries. But we clearly have a focus in manufacturing. The reason why is that we see a lot of traction that manufacturing companies digitize a lot of their manufacturing processes, but also their landscape in IT. They enhance it with augmented reality, with virtual reality. They're introducing IoT. So these are all big changes to their IT landscape, and that's why they need to have full control of their current architecture to plan out the future.
0: So, Andre, is one of the areas that you get involved with, the privacy issue of where data is stored. And that's becoming a big issue, particularly for the companies you deal with of their size, where they may have, I mean, Microsoft has run into this, Apple has run into this, where uh, somebody like the FBI is doing an investigation and they want the data on someone and the data is stored on a server in Ireland. So if they comply with the court's demands to provide the information, they violate a law of the EU on privacy. So is that an area where you help your customers understand where their data is stored and what they have to be concerned with in terms of, for instance, technology risk and privacy?
2: Yes, exactly exactly. As you, as you see the cloud growing, and you mentioned Ireland, because it's a very well-known example of Amazon Web Services who have one of their data centers in Ireland as much as they have many now all across the world, it gets so much harder to understand where data is stored today. And especially looking at, at some of the regulations in the U.S., um, data is, must not leave... Um, the U.S. country. Um, So it's important to see uh, where you're storing what type of data. And um, what we are doing is we're kind of giving our customers a, a world map view of where all their applications sit. And then you can literally filter in our application and say, show me all applications who store data outside of the U.S. or which store sensitive data, and then you see the countries where you're storing customer data. Um, That is is a growing field, especially as cloud infrastructures replicate data automatically, and that's why we have decided to invest into a second product which automatically discovers what you have deployed into the public cloud. So we can today automatically capture Amazon Web Services microsoft azure and google cloud and make your deployed applications visible um in in no time and um, that is especially helpful because of the
1: data compliance question Uh, andre i think it's important that we let our listeners uh, know that aside from the fact that you're in germany you do have offices here in the united states i believe you're headquartered in boston am i correct yes that's absolutely correct we have decided many
2: years ago to set up operations in the u.s our office in the u.s has more than 60 employees today who do all the way from understanding the the pain points of our customers early on in the sales process navigating them through the acquisition of such a product. And then we have a strong customer success team, which is based in the U.S., which after you, we, have, we have agreed on, on, on a contract, um, you, you then get continuous support from our customer success team. Overall, 40% of our overall revenue comes from the U.S. today. Um, although we are uh, a German-based company, we have always considered ourselves as a fairly international business, and that's why the US market has become so important to us. And, um, uh, and therefore, we will continue investing there. And also, our operations is in terms of our data centers. We use Azure, Microsoft Azure as a data center. So our US customers run completely on data centers which are based
1: in the US, of course. Excellent. So let's tell uh, our listeners where they can find you, whether it's Europe or the U.S. Give us your website information, and if you wish, the Boston phone number uh, might not hurt either. Yeah, so you, you can best find us
2: on, on the website, uh, which is www.leanix.net, um, so leanix.net. Um, that's where we give an overview of, of the product. The easiest way to get in touch with us is either going on the website and using one of the chatbots and reach out to one of my colleagues who is, of course, very helpful to answer any kind of question there and request a demo. So what we usually do is if you're interested in learning more about a product, um, hop on a call with us. Uh, so we can we can uh, set up a demo with you where we can show you what LeanIX does as a as a software. Um, so that's that's the easiest way to get in touch with us. For everyone else who is still unsure what this whole topic is about, we are running a big conference about the topic of enterprise architecture. That conference is actually for free, and you can sign up for free too. So we have now more than 2,000 people who have already registered for the event, which is early on in September. To sign up, just go to to eaconnectdays.com. So it's eaconnectdays.com. It's a leading industry event now for the topic of enterprise architecture. And we have many speakers also from the U.S. sharing their knowledge and we have an exceptional speaker this year, a former NASA astronaut, sharing his experience, what it takes to actually fly to the moon and get along with technology there. So um, yes, it's going to be a very case. fun
1: event. We don't have to worry about optimum Optimum.com up on the moon. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Um, well, uh, Andrew, this, is, this has been... Fascinating, and, and I would even encourage uh, companies of all sizes to go to Lean IX and look at the theory behind uh, enterprise architecture and application portfolio management. Because even as Lou said, his company probably has within it 15 or 20 programs that operate somewhere on something. Uh, well, and unless you have cool. a, a portfolio of that in some form, uh, which he did when he built his business continuity plan for all metals and forge group, and a quick plug, they're the sponsor for manufacturing talk radio. We'll um, have to you, for that?
1: you could, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you already did look. <laughs> um, You know, you could get yourself into a world of hurt pretty quick, particularly I think this has become apparent when COVID arrived, and companies had to suddenly take a look at, uh uh-oh, how are our employees going to operate remotely, what works remotely, what doesn't work remotely. So uh, a brilliant approach, Andre. Andre, we congratulate you for what you're doing. Thank you so much. It was a
2: pleasure to to talk to you um, and uh, great to connect with you.
1: And thanks for hosting this great show. Thank you. And uh, if you have any new developments that come down the road, certainly reach out to us and uh, we'd be happy to uh, uh, tout the progress, which there's always going to be. When it comes to uh, this particular topic of software, so let us know and keep keep in touch with us. Sounds great.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Have a great rest of the day. Same to you.
0: Thank you. And we've been talking with Andre Christ, who is the co-founder and CEO of Lean IX. If you want to find them at their website, L E A N I X net And that will take you to their website. You can take a look at the theory or the real world need of enterprise architecture and application portfolio management. And while you're surfing the web, be sure to stop at jacketmediaco.com, jacketmediaco.com, where you will find all of our podcast shows, including this one, Manufacturing Talk Radio. The WAM podcast, which is Women in Manufacturing, Hazard Girls About Women, Unusual Roles in Industry, Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman, it talks about manufacturing and the economy, Where's Willie with William Miller, who is traveling the country and speaking from production floors, and full-time with Amy Nicholas about the work-life balance women face in the challenging uh, trek of life. So, as always, we appreciate all of our listeners tuning in, and thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio.
1: Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com.